0: Heads or tails. And uh, and uh, if you missed the last two weeks, I really encourage you to jump online, check out our new website. Did I say we have a new website? Yeah. Check it out. Uh, click on podcasts and uh, and catch the last two weeks because they've been amazing. Pastor Jacob preached the first week. I preached last week. And we're going to finish up today with two amazing leaders, Kerry and Alan. They're going to get up uh, very shortly and share um, some testimony and what giving and, and stewarding your money well means to them. Um, so last week we spoke about having two legs to move forward in our finances and, and to experience real breakthrough, didn't we? Uh, you know, if we want to see God move supernaturally, there's things that we can do in the natural and we have to get that. We have to understand some people are just waiting for God to move supernaturally and just standing and sitting there waiting. But we have to understand that there's stuff that we do in the natural and then God adds the supernatural. We don't just get to kind of, it'd be nice, I know, kick back, put your feet up. Uh, but there's stuff that there's principles you know there's things that god's given us in his word that we can practically do and then he just then he just throws on the supernatural it's awesome and so we talked about two legs just as if you have two legs to move forward to walk to move forward in life uh, you need two legs in your finances and being generous is one that's one leg and being a good steward, managing your money well is the other leg. And 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 we can't expect God to bless us if, if we're being generous but not a good steward. We can't expect God to bless us if we're generous but not a good steward. If we're not managing our, our money well, we just can't expect Him to just keep giving more. And on the flip side of that is we can't expect God to bless us if we're being a good steward but we're not being generous. If we know how to man- manage our money well but we're not being generous, we're being stingy, and we talked about being stingy, and there's a, a scripture, I won't take us there, uh, that we can't expect God to bless us either. And so we need two legs. We need generosity, and we need good stewardship. We need managing uh, our, our money well. You know, there's ways that God operates, spiritual principles that are, are at play, and that if we can connect in with them, if we can connect in with it, We begin to really uh, win with our money. But you've got to have, and I was shared how one of our legs, mine and Jacob's, was strong, uh, the generosity side, and the other leg was a little bit wonky. (laughs) We needed to strengthen that. And a few years ago, we began to work on it. We began to get out of debt. We began to uh, put money aside. We began to really strengthen. And then we just saw God move as we did what we needed to in the natural. God adds the supernatural. Um, And we talked about God being the owner of everything you know everything that that we see that we have is his you know the money in your account right now is not yours and we heard um some noises in that didn't we <laughs> Some so sort of, oh, did, what did she just say the money in your account is not yours it's his everything's his he owns everything everything is his and we need to get that revelation because we're just stewards uh Stewardship basically means the management of the property of another. That's what stewardship is, which makes perfect sense. You know, if you're lending something to someone or if you've said, hey, can you look after this and that person doesn't look after it properly, you're not going to be in a hurry to loan to that person again, are you? You're not going to be in a hurry to say, hey, can you watch this or look after this or, hey, here's some more, Can, can you manage that well? No way. And it's the same with God. Everything is His. And he gives us stuff and he says, Manage this wealth, be, be good stewards of this. Why is the question? Why? So he can trust us with true riches. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says this, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Directly speaking about money. And why does he want to trust us with true riches? Because we're created in his image because we're his kids and he's a good dad because it's the original intention in the garden. He wants us to walk in dominion and authority. He wants us to walk in in the fullness of his image. And it's important to note as well that it's not about how much money you have. Some people get caught up in, in, in how much money. It doesn't matter if you have a little or a lot. Either way, he wants you to be generous, have one leg, and he wants you to be a good steward, have the other leg. It's not about how much you have. You know, when I was in Teen Challenge, most of you know I've been in a drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre dealing with a whole heap of issues, and yes, I still have issues. Uh, But I got $20 a fortnight. Don't fall off your chair, but that's how much I got. But I I, 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 I got taught tithing. I caught the spiritual principle, and I tithed $2 a fortnight two bucks a fortnight big deal why did you bother because god says and obedience triggers the miraculous and so it's not about how much you have so i want us to catch that this morning it doesn't matter if you have a little or a lot it's what you do with what you got you know are you tithing are you giving are you being generous and are you being a good steward it's so important and so it's not equal giving but it's equal sacrifice because all our incomes are different it's not about that. It's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. And the scripture says it's 10% of your income. That's what tithe means. Tithe means 10%. And uh, and it says to bring it into the storehouse. What's the storehouse? In, t- in today's context, the storehouse is church, your local church. It's the place that you call home. And so for most of you, that would be here at Grace Church. It's not missions and it's not the building fund or it's not wherever else you give to. It's, it's the basic principle of tithing which is 10% into the storehouse and then everything else is over and above that. And so it's so important that we get this right and we catch this because then you begin to see God just move supernaturally in your life. Um, and, and, so, and so I gave two bucks a fortnight and, uh, and, and, and obedience triggers the miraculous and this, and this is what it comes down to basically is that God uh, wants to move powerfully in your life. That's what it's about. He's trying to get stuff to you and, 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 and not just in the area of your finances. It's your whole family. It's your purpose. It's your destiny. It's, it's everything. It's not, just to, it's, not, it's not just about your finances as we, we heard last week with the widow and Elijah if you go back and listen to the message. Um, and so it's engaging with how he does things, not how we do things. And that's the thing. It's so easy uh, to get caught up in the world system. And so it's getting out of the world system and the, and the way the world thinks and getting into how God thinks and God's system. It's so, so important. It, it's not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. And in Romans eight five, it says this, "...those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace." And the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Uh, It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And so again, it's breaking out of the world system into God's system and connecting with his promises. And then you can't go wrong really you cannot go wrong and we talked about last week how his his word is 24 karat gold with a lifetime guaranteed accurate to the nth degree you can't go wrong and so i just want to encourage you uh, in that this morning really pray about it and i know we get real when we talk about money particularly when the pastor gets up here and talks about money you know it's you know it's we need to get this, pray about it, search God's word, get a revelation. Uh, it's not the church, It's not trying to get stuff from you. God's trying to get stuff to you, it, which is what we have to grasp. And um, and so on that, is that okay? On that, we're going to invite Alan up, the quiet achiever in God's house, and he's going to share the word with us this morning. Thanks, Alan. Thank
1: you, Alan. Lord Jesus, I pray for your help this morning, Lord. Um, yeah, God is a uh, giving God and some of you are really sad this morning <coughs> because uh, God gave you good stuff. Um um good good things, good people, a good lifestyle. God gave you those things. And uh, and you enjoyed them, and you had them for a period of time, but we live in a a temporary birth, and God's taken them away, or they've gone away. You don't have them anymore, and so now you're sad. So you're sad because God gave you good things. No, you're sad because they're gone, but they're still there in your memory. You still have had the benefit of them. You still had an enrichment in your life because of what God gave. Now what God wants to do is move you on and give you more and add so there'll be a fullness and you have a problem because the enemy wants the spirit of grief to settle on you. So God is saying this morning, move move on from that. Be grateful for what he did give and look to what he's going to do and what he is doing now. He's going to add to that because we serve a God who wants to give and who does give all the time. Now, before I knew the Lord, um, at one point I was travelling between Southampton and Cape Town in Africa and I was on a ship as it happened and because I had nothing particular to do uh, and I got to thinking about God, I thought, well, if I look in the Bible, maybe I'll find out something. You know, I'll read in here and find out if there's God, who God is so i had a bible maybe it was a gideon's bible i would not normally have carried a bible but there must have been one somewhere and um when i opened it i opened it and i read in psalm 24 which is our first scripture it says the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein now i didn't actually at that point notice the, the second part of it which was quite relevant to where i was at the time says, for he has founded it upon the floods and founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. So funnily enough, I was on the sea at that point in time. Now, I didn't understand that scripture. It, it really didn't mean anything. And, and, and I was frustrated because I read it and I, d- I didn't understand it. However, looking back now, I do. And there's a lot in that. Okay, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Well, the King James says fullness, which is a good word to use because it talks of... The way God works, he fills up. There is an abundance that God has. And as Mel said, everything is God's anyway. It says the earth is the Lord's. Some people think that the earth belongs to Satan. It doesn't. God created the earth and it's his. He gave management of it to Adam, who handed it over to Satan, and so we have a problem. Okay, so about 18 months after that, um, I did get saved. And one of the things that happened in a service a few weeks, a couple of weeks after I started going to church, I noticed that they take up the offering and there was this thing. They're going to take up the tithes and the offerings. I thought, oh, tithes, that sounds like 10%. That sounds sort of, I think, well, I related it anyway to the Catholic Church. And I thought, that's a lot of money. Does that mean I've got to give... 10% 10%. So anyway, I went to the pastor. I said, What's this thing about tithes? <laughs> and uh, he said, Yeah, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he, he, part of what he said was he referred me to Malachi, which I haven't got the scripture for, but I think most of you will know it, but you'll find it in Malachi 3. He um, says, Test me now here with, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there is not room enough to contain it. Because I, with my mind, my intellectual mind, I'm thinking, no, this is not going to (laughs) work. And uh, 10% of my money, out of my money, is not going to be cool because I don't have enough as it is. And definitely 10% gone, uh, it's not, it doesn't work, you know. And the pastor said, He said, "God actually says, and it's the only place where He says it, to test Him. You do it and see what happens." No, He didn't say that to me, but I mean, that's that's that was the implication. So I thought, okay, because I wanted to please God. I mean, I was still in this salvation bubble where everything was wonderful. My mind hadn't caught up, you know. I still had this idiot mind which had been trained in the universities, and I was very smart and. So I couldn't understand this thing anyway. So I said, well, okay, the pastor says it, I'll do it. I know something's happened in my life because I've been born again. Things are different, so I'll do it. So um, now, you think I'm going to tell you how I got a lot of money. I'm not, it didn't happen. But (laughs) what did happen, what did happen was I got the blessing. For three days, I just did not want to move out of my chair. I was so blessed, so happy, that I just... I don't know if it was like being on drugs or what, but <laughs> that's I haven't taken them, so I don't know, but I would imagine possibly. I just didn't want to move. Now, as far as the other part of it was concerned, I, uh, the money must have come right because I managed anyway w- without the 10%. Um, so there we are. But the point being that uh, tithing, actually I wasn't originally going to speak about tithing this morning at all. Um, because I actually don't regard tithing as being part of giving. I mean, you do give your tithe, but it's not, in my view, it's not giving. Giving is is after tithing. Tithing is a command of God. Giving is an option. Tithing is an amount that God sets, and and, and it's a principle that he's had from before the Old Testament. It's a universal principle of giving tribute to the king of the universe. You give tribute to a king, and you acknowledge him for his protection and his, and his blessing. So um, it's still a challenge. That was more than 40 years ago. Um, it's still a challenge to tithe. You know, the enemy still wants to stop that. Yeah. And there's a reason why he wants to stop it. Because until you redeem all of your money by giving the 10%, Satan has access to it and he will destroy it once you become a Christian perhaps not before but certainly after you're opening yourself you don't have the protection that God wants you to have and it's a principle that he set in place so when he says in Malachi you've, you've robbed me by not giving your tithes he's not concerned about not having the money he's concerned that you've robbed him of being able to protect you and able to bless you and able to provide a foundation to give you the ability to give over and above that because what happens after the tithe with giving is that it becomes it gets into the supernatural realm where god multiplies it it's it's the seed principle if we look at genesis 128 the creation account, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So there's a fruitfulness principle with God and there's a multiplication principle with God. Uh, And going to verse 29, and God said, behold, I've given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. So we're talking about seed, and seed means multiplication. So you have something that grows that has seeds, and that produces more, which has more seeds, which produces more. That's how you end up with fullness, uh, an overflow, an abundance, more than enough. Um, and the the the, 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 the 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 seed principle is it, it, it's 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 one of those. It's a, it's a principle of God, how, how he runs things on the earth. And so that fullness, which I mentioned before, the, full, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He, he creates that fullness. He, he puts into place principles which enable that fullness to happen. Okay, now when Adam and Eve were in the garden there, they could eat of all of the trees except the one. So, he wanted them to—he to, wanted to bless them and prosper, but they had to do it with a consciousness of God. So he was going to give them um, prosperity, but they—they they were to apply it, being God-conscious. And that's what happens really when we tithe—it it, brings—it brings a consciousness. Um to our lives about God, as well as a protection. It ensures that we do things in a godly way. It helps to ensure that we do things in a godly way. It helps to ensure that we're wise about things because we're looking to God. Uh, Genesis 15, five, talking of Abraham. He brought him forth abroad, brought him outside, and said, look now toward heaven, and tell tell the stars, count the number of the stars, if you be able to number them and he said to him so shall thy seed be okay again the seed principle now abraham didn't see all of his seed he saw a little bit of it so god again you know there's this looking to god god says look toward heaven and count the stars well we all know that god's up there so, I think he was there was God saying, also, you know, be conscious of me in this process. In John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave. Okay, so the giving, God again. So he's created man, man's fallen, ruined everything. God gives his son. And because we are like Christ, we will give as well. Giving is 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 the result of love. That's it's. As we become more like Christ, so we, we're motivated to give. And it's out of the love that God gives us. God even gives us the ability to be saved. Because if you look at Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you're saved, by f- uh, are you are saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, that is the faith. It is the gift of God. What's the gift of God? The faith. The faith to get saved is a gift of God. You didn't get saved except by the gift of faith that God gave you in the first place. Now I have a lot more to say but I think what I'm going to do is I just want to get on to um, Luke. Scripture Luke 9 verses 16 and 17 and that's the story of the five loaves and the two fishes. And you know the story how Jesus fed the 5,000 with the five loaves and the two fishes, which belonged to the little boy. So God, uh, you know, the boy gave. Again, there was a giving. And God took that giving and multiplied it. And it says, then he took the fishes and loaves. He took the five fishes and, lo- and th- the five loaves and two fishes. And looking up to heaven. Um, okay he blessed it and then gave it out so again it's a c- it's a com- it's a commitment to god of the resources it's a gift it's given it's committed to god and then god multiplies it and 917 they did eat and were all filled and there was taken up a fragments that remained to them 12 baskets there was enough there symbolically in the 12 baskets it was one basket for each of the tribes of Israel. There were 12 tribes in Israel. So really what God was showing was I could have fed the whole nation. Not only did I feed probably 20,000 people, I could, have, I could have fed the million. So God multiplies. He actually multiplies to infinity. It's an infinite God. And that's what he will do. You, when we give, we don't see the results of our giving. We see a little bit of the results, insofar as, you know, you may see a few people get saved, for example, in church. Now, then further down the track in their lives and their families' lives, there's more people saved from them. So again, there's this multiplication factor happening. But it's a case of surrendering to God. In Matthew, the last scripture we're going to look at, Matthew 1, 1 to 14, I'm not going to read it all. You'll be pleased to know. Because it looks like one of the most boring scriptures there is. Um, so and so begat so and so begat so and so, or became the father of. But what it is is it's a, it's the legal, <coughs> it's the it's the document, it's the legal document that proves our inheritance. It's our connection. It's our family connection back to Abraham. So we are actually Abraham's seed, and we inherit those blessings. Abraham didn't see us sitting here when God told him about his seed, but we're the seed of Abraham. And we're also, you know, as God is our Father, we are the brothers and sisters of Jesus. So our inheritance is is our Father is the King of the Universe. That's our inheritance. Uh, and, and that's, that's who, who we give to. God wants to, God wants to multiply to infinity. Um, the basis of it is to get your finances under God's protection, out of the realm where Satan can attack it. That'll give you a basis for prosperity. And then as you give, God will multiply it. He'll give you back Everything that you have given, and also good measure pressed down and running over, so it's it's for it's for your prosperity it, and and for the and for the and for the blessing of everybody else, and because God loved us, it's the least we can do. It is a challenge because Satan will come and he will give you ideas why it won't work or can't work or shouldn't work. But um, I thank God that. Um, that I've been that I've been able to learn um, learn those principles, and it's, it has been a blessing. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Alan. <coughs> All right. So it's my privilege to be able to close the the not the service. Hold on, guys. Not just yet. <laughs> the series. Um, But in saying that, I might as well just go and sit down because between Pastor Mel and Alan, I've got not much left to say. Um, But what I do want to say is that who of you knows that when we give, we give by faith? We've been talking about it. But did you know that faith is also an active word? It requires something from you. We know that. Um, (coughs) Hebrews 11 starting from verse 1, says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And Hebrews 11 just goes on to list multiple heroes of faith. You know, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so he did not experience death. By faith, Noah was warned about things not yet seen, and holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was able to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And it goes on and on and on and on. Um, and, you know, the scriptures, we've talked about it again. It's, that's why I, I might as well go and sit down. But anyway, the scriptures tell us again that we need to bring our tithe into the storehouse, our local church where we fed. And we do this by faith or by stepping out, by, by acting out in faith. And that unlocks blessing in our lives. Um, I know Alan did allude to the Malachi 3.10 scripture um, that talks about bringing your uh, tithe into the storehouse you know, our local church. Um, And again, it says, test me in this. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And then it goes on to say, I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. So there's financial blessing. There's protection from the enemy. Our storehouses overflowing. Again, as Alan said, you know, it's not just the here and now. It's, it's down the line. It's for those to come after us, you know. I mean, you, we might have had a, r- a really good retirement. You know, we don't know what's ahead of us, but the blessing is there. Um, but what I've learned is that to act in faith, we need to be in submission to God. We need to surrender all to Him. And as I was asking God what to actually share today, I felt him say, just share your testimony. Now, some of you will have heard it before, and I apologize for that, but I have to be obedient, and God wants me to share my testimony. So um, uh, quite a number of years ago, we used to tithe. I knew the principle of tithing, but I never used to tithe consistently. I used to tithe when I had extra. But I used to find myself withholding from God when things were tight. Um, I used to make deals with God. <laughs> Tell him I'll give you, I'll give you five percent this week, you know. Um, and it's just yeah, it it was just never a consistent thing. Yet I knew the principle. I knew the principle. Um, and a few years back, uh, Dion, my husband took a redundancy package. And uh We had prayed about it, and we had decided that this was the right move for us. And it was with the thought for him to move ahead into opening his own business. Um, And we also then thought, you know, that it was a good plan. It was a good plan. He'd done it before when when we were in South Africa. He had done it before. God had blessed his business amazingly. Um, And so we thought, you know, this is the right thing for us to do. So we stepped out, we did that. Um, we didn't work for a few months. And he started to get things up and running um, in, the, in the start of the, the new year for us. Um, and for those of you that have your own business might be able to relate that sometimes in the beginning, it's slow, like very slow. And he was going around, and he was doing a couple of little odd jobs here and there, and he was doing quotes for people, but it just there was just nothing happening, just nothing happening. And it was a really testing time for the two of us. Uh, I had my daughter's wedding coming up. I'm thinking, oh, I've got to make this trip down to Esperance. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And for some of you that do know the testimony or he- you've heard my testimony before, you probably haven't actually heard this part of it. Um, but I really felt God wanted me to share it today. Um, so, my daughter was getting married down in Esperance, and things were very tight. We actually didn't have the money to go to Esperance. That's how bad things were. I had, uh, you know, God is still faithful, though, and He was making ways. Um, making plans for us, you know. Uh, We were renting at the time and um, our landlord was extremely gracious. We just were abounding in grace. There was just graciousness all around us for the period of time that we were in. So there was even blessing in that. But at the end of the day, my bank account said, I didn't have enough money to go to Esperance. And so we were praying and we were praying and we were praying. And who of you knows that God gives us what you need, not what you want, okay? So we eventually got some money together, and it was enough to get us to Esperance. And we were like, thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Um, but I was still really wrestling with God because I just really believed our breakthrough would have come. And I'm like, Lord, where is this breakthrough? Where is this breakthrough? I know that you're a faithful God, and it wasn't coming. It wasn't coming. And, you know, that time that we were down in Esperance, because we, we were down there for about a week before the wedding. And I just I actually couldn't enjoy myself because I was so wrapped up in what was going on. I actually couldn't enjoy myself. All the time, I actually felt a little bit like there was injustice against us. Like I really just, I was having a hard time. And I've thought about it often. And in hindsight, I actually think I was going through the five stages of grief. So for those of you that don't know, you've got denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. And um, yeah, I was, I was going through like five stages of grief. Um, and, and, I, and, I, and I believe I was actually going through five stages of grief because I had to die. I had to die to self. So I was grieving over the death of myself. So eventually I surrendered myself to God and I just said, God, that's it. I cannot do this. I'm done. I've surrendered everything to you. My mindset became what will be will be because I know that in the end, I'm not going to end up on the street. Like you will make a way. I just can't see it. And then I had such peace. And then when we, when we actually came back to Perth from our trip to Esperance, we actually had money left over. Now, I'm kidding. We went down with a couple of hundred dollars and we had money left over. So it's like uh, two fish and five loaves and they had 12 baskets left over. We actually had money left over and I was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> so anyway, then just to, to move on a little bit, I started a traineeship and we committed to tithe Faithfully On whatever we received, we committed to tithe faithfully because we knew that tithing was the principle that God wanted us to honor. And in the meantime, Dion had been carrying a desire to see our debt paid off. And I was like, you know, I believe in the miraculous, but that's a bit of a long shot. Um, We had written it down. We knew exactly what we owed. Every time we paid off a bit, we took it off. We knew exactly where we were at. But I still saw it as this big mountain. I thought I knew we'd get there, but I just thought, you know, it, you just chug away at it. You just chug away at it. Matthew seventeen twenty says, I tell you the truth. If you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Jesus compares the faith of a small seed to a large shrub. Faith will grow as it feeds on spiritual truth. Mountain moving faith brings the power of God's kingdom onto this earth. So the next thing that started to happen over the next few months is that money just started to flow in from all sorts of places. And within a year, because it wouldn't have been quite a year because it was that same year where we started the beginning of the year with such a lack, we ended up paying off our debt at the end of that year, which was approximately $20,000 worth. So in the beginning, I said faith was an action word. As we tithed in faith, we still had choices to make. We still needed to become good stewards of what God had given us. I know uh, last week, Pastor Mel uh, shared that they had to get rid of a car and doing their good stewardship and things like that. We had to get rid of a car. We had to get something a bit cheaper. Um, We trimmed down our expenses. Where we couldn't get rid of them, we reduced them to the lowest amounts you know, we just, we did whatever we could to steward well what God gave us then, and in order to be able to tithe faithfully, and bit by bit, we saw God move, and we saw that breakthrough. Um, Christine and I have just come off three days of intensives um, with School of Faith, and during that time, there was, there was one thing that was shed. It's not the only thing that in my mind but it was one thing particularly and I thought it was so good to to use today and to just describe sometimes our circumstances we often find ourselves being tested in an area more than once and we think I've got victory in that area why am I being tested in that area again and it was described like this it's described as when you got a puncture on your bicycle tube you stick your tube in water to find out where the puncture is you take it out you put your patch on it okay but you've got to put it back in the water again because you've got to see if the integrity of that patch is right. you got to see if that patch is going to hold. And it's the same with us. You know, we need to see, to make sure that our victory that we've had in an area is going to stick, you know. So we need to be tested in that area again. And, uh, and you know, even now, uh, we're being tested in our finances again. Um but but our patch is sticking, I believe. We've been, you know, we've been tested financially. We sowed into the area of some friends and families that we believe God had, had shown us. And yet it's, things are tight, you know. And it's again, you know, you, you want to question. But the thing is, God has given us victory. He has given us victory. Um, and I loved what Pastor Mel said last week about the two legs. One's a generous leg, and one's about good stewardship. And she also shared a scripture from Hebrews 13, um, which I just want to finish with. I'm going to start it from verse 5. It says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So now I can honestly say that I have grown so much more in this area of finance because of what we went through. Have I perfected it? Not by a long shot. But I know that God has cemented my trust in Him. Trusting him is something I had struggled with, but I know that he cemented that in him. In closing, I want to say that I give to God, not because I have to, but because I want to, and because he is worthy. I give in faith because I know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I give because he gave us so much. Amen. Cool.
0: Thank you so much, Kerry. And thank you, Ellen, as well. You know, I know it's the real nuts and bolts, isn't it? But it's so important that we get this, that we understand it, and that we apply it to our lives, right? So I'm just going to pray. Lord, we just thank you for who you are, Father God. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you uh, for what you have given us, Lord. Continue to give us wisdom. Teach us, Lord. Help us. Give us the courage, Lord, to, to apply what we're learning, Father God. We pray for continued revelation, Father. We commit everything that we have to you, Lord, and we pray that you will be done, Lord God. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. Amen. Fantastic. The food has just come out.